Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, also the Five Reasons YouTube channel. If you're there, make sure you hit like, subscribe, turn the notifications on. Also, make sure you subscribe to Off the Floor. That's where you get texts directly from the Five on the Floor host to your phone. I think you probably got about 55 of them today. If you don't want too many, you can always hit the hide alerts and then come back to it. But again, it's it's winnow.app backslash off the floor, winnow.app backslash off the floor. All the updates from Greg, me, Alex, and Brady, and and also we run contests, special Q&As, long posts, all kinds of cool stuff there for just $3.05 per month, and the first week, of course, is free, but you're not going to want to cancel, so we don't even mention that. Also want to mention the great sponsors of the 5 Reasons Sports Network. That includes All Pro Construction Builders. Reach out to them at allproconstructionbuilders.com. We know that down here in South Florida, hurricane season has already started. That's right. Even before we're starting to hear about the name storms, make sure you get the storm windows, the storm doors. If you can't find a house right now, you want to stay on yours, you want to make it look nicer, they can do the renovations for you as well. Reach out to Danny and his team at All Pro Construction Builders, allproconstructionbuilders.com. Mention five reasons. You get 10% off your entire order. And, of course, Danny, like so many of our sponsors, a huge Miami Heat fan. And now, today's episode. Down the best game. Yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple stars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buffett said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor plan. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. Alex Toledo, you can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And we go straight to the source out in Portland. Aaron Fentress at the Oregonian. He covers the Blazers as well as the Oregon Ducks out there and he's become quite a twitter celebrity in south florida over the last 24 hours so drinks are on us uh no but actually i just think you're telling it like it is right now and that's why we wanted to have you on here so let's get to the latest on the dame lillard situation first thing aaron we appreciate you joining us wait wait we're not talking about mario <laughs> no we, we can talk about mario too well played i, I, thought, I, was com- I thought i was coming out here to talk about my man crystal ball what are you talking okay, no, uh no. we'll do that on six rings cades <laughs> i'll just say this um the recruiting's been good I'll just leave it at that. Okay. The recruiting's been good. Uh, the results, <laughs> not yet, but that's a, that's, that's year a one. It was year one. Come on, that was a rebuild. Give the man a chance. Uh, we're we're giving him a chance, right. but okay. But uh, everybody else in South Florida is thriving right now. So every other team. So <laughs> that, that that that's the one that's kind of been the outlier here. Uh, but I want well, obviously we're going to talk Dame with you. And as we record this, it's around nine o'clock on Sunday night. It seems like things are moving in a certain direction but they're not there yet. So the latest that we've heard on our side, again, Miami Heat still fully engaged in this. Uh, Tyler Hero believes he's going to get traded. I can say that, okay, that that's what he's been telling people. He's expected to be traded. We don't expect it to be a two-team trade if it ends up happening. There's going to be a third team involved. We thought it would be the Spurs. Everything seems to be leaning towards the Nets more as a more legitimate possibility right now. They did sign Lonnie Walker, but I heard that that won't preclude them from doing anything as far as as going for hero. And I know Ian Bagley has been reporting a lot of that stuff out of New York, among others from your perspective, before we get to your opinion on where, why things got to where they are and where they should go 
in your view, where are they right now? Like how, how pressured do the Blazers feel to move on this? On Miami specifically or just trading Dane? Any, anything at all. Anything? Well, 100%, they have to trade him. I, I don't, there's, there's pretty much zero doubt about that. And as far as I'm concerned, they have to trade him to Miami. The NBA is a player's league. It's a star's league. All this talk, and there's a lot of talk in Portland about, I would just trade him to where I can get the best deal and all this kind of nonsense. What, but here's the deal. Let's say a team stepped up that wanted Dame, and they were just offering a boatload of picks and a star player, something, you know, a Gobert type thing or Durant type package. And Dame and his agent tell that team, dude, we're not coming to play for you. It would be franchise suicide for that team to make that trade. You're going to give up a boatload. It's, it's, it's almost like some people think that these players are not human beings and they're just robots and they're just going to show up. If, the, if ever there was a league where you know that a dude can just mail it in, it's the NBA. Now, I'm not saying Dame would necessarily mail it in, but the last thing you want as any, for any franchise is to give up a bunch of assets to obtain a 33-year-old point guard who's due $216 million over four years and has told you he doesn't want to play for you. That doesn't even make remotely any sense. So to me, you can scrap all those teams that he, that he doesn't want to play for, which is pretty much most of the league. And also, why would a mediocre team want Dane anyway? Like, there's no point in mm. taking on that contract to be just a little bit better. So you're only dealing with a few teams where they have a chance to contend. And to me, the only two blatantly obvious teams where anything would kind of make sense would be Philadelphia and Miami. Mm. Now, back in March, I actually wrote an article about sort of what the offseason could look like. And in that article, I had two major destinations, and that was Miami for Tyler Hero, salary filler, and maybe three to four first-round picks. And then I had Philly for uh, Maxi and the same thing. But I don't think Philly even has anything. So for me, Miami's been the thing. Like, I've been on Miami Hero and picks for two months now because it's the – because number one, they have to send Dame someplace where he can contend. And I know a lot of people don't understand that because they sort of think, well, the GM and owners are in charge and they have him under contract. No, that's not how this works. He needs to go somewhere he can contend. And Miami is like the, the perfect spot. Like it's, like it's like the perfect trio, isn't it? Dame, Butler, Bam. It's just, it's a thing of beauty. So it has to happen as far as I'm concerned. And he's made that his pick. And they've told the Blazers, we want Miami, not we want this, that, or the other thing. And maybe, we, no, we want Miami. So the pressure's on Portland to make this happen. Now, that said, just mm. because it's like that doesn't mean that Miami now has the green light to just absolutely jack Portland over, right? You right. can't just say, well, we're going to give you Duncan Robinson, uh, Lowry in three seconds, take it or leave it. Well, th they're going to leave it. So that's where it gets to the point where Dame, if, if Dame and his agent can tell other teams, we don't want you, to be with you, then Dame and his agent can also tell Miami stop tripping and make a right. legitimate deal, right? Or bring in a third team. Portland doesn't want Hero allegedly, which can you guys help me out with it? This I like Tyler Hero. I don't understand the hate for too. Tyler Hero. Do you? We, Wait, he's we, a six. We, we do, but but I think it's, I think it's more going back to you on that, and then I kind of want to have you expand on something. And then I know Greg's itching to get in on some stuff, so so I'm gonna, I'm going to cede the floor to him. But but my understanding on the hero thing for Portland would be you have Sharp, you have Scoot, uh, and ostensibly you would still have Simons on a similar but slightly lower contract than Hero at relative similar age and experience. 
So what's the need for Tyler? I mean, that, that's kind of, it's not that yeah. Tyler's not a good player, but he makes more sense in San Antonio with a young growing team there that needs a, a guard like that or Brooklyn, um, which, you know, on the marquee in New York, actually Tyler might succeed. And that team, you know, was a playoff team last year, even after what happened with Durant and Kyrie. So just throwing that back to you, it seemed to me like no, that was more 100%. of the issue. Not that he's not a good player. Right. Okay. I, I totally agree. A lot of people have said that, but, for me, when you're when you're trying to complete a trade, you can tell Miami we don't see a fit for Hero. Let's bring in a third team where maybe Hero can go somewhere else, and you can get someone that fits you better. That makes total sense. But if you mm. can't find that, you just go ahead and take Hero and worry about about it later. Now the Blazers are saying, I've heard from people that they don't they're not going to view this as an instant rebuild. That they kept Grant. You know who knows what happens with Nurkic. Two years ago, when Dame went, had this had his surgery and was done. Ant and Nurkic with a bunch of dudes went out there and won a lot of games they weren't supposed to win. It got to the point they went four in a row before the All-Star break, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden everyone started coming up with phantom injuries because management was like, <laughs> what is going on here? And I called I called uh, Nurkic a poor man's penny and shack, which people made fun of me because I was, I was half joking because Anthony was named after Hardaway. Right. And those right. two were actually playing like a poor man's version of Penny and Shaq, the, the way they were winning games without Dame and even without CJ. So I think there's a mentality that we can still be pretty solid if we get some more assets and some players who can play. And yes, they have Sharp, but is Sharp ready? Like, is Sharp really ready to play 35 minutes? Maybe not. And maybe you end up starting Hero at the three. I don't know. But regardless, you take him. And if you can't flip him now, you can trade him later. Mm-hmm. Right? He's still someone you maybe can pull off a deal with later. Or you might trade someone else later. Who knows? I'm just looking at, t- at Hero as someone who's a solid young player. He's only 23. Like, he's better right now than C.J. McCollum was at, at 23. He's more yeah. athletic and he's taller. Like, I, I, I sort of feel like he has a lot of room, room to grow if he has the work ethic to match. So it, It's funny you mentioned C.J. because as we've talked to Tyler throughout the years, that's a player he's mentioned as someone that he's uh, kind of modeled his game after. And I agree with you from a talent perspective. Why not just pick up as much as possible? I think Portland is overthinking that to a degree. Um, as much as I want to continue talking about this current transaction, I think it's probably prudent to like back up further. And you tweeted um, about five hours from when we're recording this, a 39 second clip that I thought had more explanatory power than basically anything else I've read from anyone related to like how the heck we got here. And it was a clip of them talking about how creative I think it was Joe Cronin actually about how creative he was going to be and how aggressive he would be in putting pieces around Dame. And that just didn't come to fruition. And there wasn't even the, uh, and not that everything needs to get out there, but there wasn't even like really like the scuttle that you would hear about a big, uh, huge player ending up there of any kind. I'm interested just to pick your brain going back to this whole situation with Dame. How have they not, as a small market that knew that free agency was probably not going to be the path, gone all in around the top 75 guy and like Dame? What's your what's your thinking on how that's kind of fumbled throughout these years? Leading up to Cronin's era, you mean in the past or no? Ba- basically, yeah. from Cronin's era on, okay. that's kind of what's put the the so, um, the tipping point here, yeah. I guess. Yeah. So Cronin took over for Olshay after he got fired, and he he made it clear that their goal was to build a championship team championship team around Lillard that was the stated goal and the first steps they took were moving CJ's contract because CJ was redundant anyway 
and moving Norman Powell, who was also redundant. So two six foot three guys, <laughs> when you already had Ant and Dan, right? So they got rid of those guys. And they ended up maneuvering the CJ trade into a trade exception and a Bucks first round pick that they turned into Jeremy Grant. Great move. Because Grant and CJ are pretty similar in terms of value, in terms of all around, you know, they're all around talents, but you need a six eight guy who can do certain things that CJ can't on, on this roster. So great move. Like I thought, okay, wow, they're off and running. This this is cool. Then you come into the trade deadline, or excuse me, on draft day last year, they had the number seven pick. And many of us thought they were going to move that pick, but they didn't find a trade that they liked and they really loved Sharp. That turned out to be a great move. One of the things they were trying to do was turn that number seven pick into OG on an OB, but in hindsight, great move not to do that, right? I'd rather have Sharp than OG. So then you move into this year and they think they're going to be pretty good. Things kind of fell apart with injuries and they're back to tanking again. And 100%, the stated goal from every source I talked to was they were going to take again and take that pick and trade it. I saw that clip from Cronin. Now he knew at that moment, he didn't say it because they were still pretending to try and win that season, but he knew where they were headed. And that's when you said all those things about we're going to be aggressive, we're going to move all in, we're going to push this, we might even overpay. That was a key thing for me. They were going to overpay for something. And I thought, okay. And I gave them a complete pass for the trade deadline. Other people blasted them, which I didn't think makes sense because you couldn't name the trade. The only real marquee star that moved that could have really helped you was Durant. And I still think Durant should have wanted to come to Portland instead of Phoenix. That's another story. But anyway, so what were you really going to get? So fine. I gave them till this draft. Then they went and won the lottery. Got the third pick and what was perceived to be a three-player draft. Now, I thought, foolishly, that that meant, oh, man, they're really going to be able to go out and get someone. Yep. Instead, what it did is it shrunk the teams they were, they were willing to work with and the players they were willing to trade for because they valued Scoot so much. They called him transcendent, generational. He's going to be this, that, and the other thing. So in their mind, it was going to take a lot for them to move off of him. However... The heat on the pick, no pun intended, was weak. They were not getting killer offers for that guy. And it, and I raised the question then. I'm like, okay, well, hold on, hold on a second. If this guy is that amazing, and understand, I've been following the NBA for a long time. I get the hype around guys, but, man, 19-year-olds do not walk into the NBA and just dominate and light it up and help teams win and contend. He, this guy's not LeBron. Right? He's not Magic. You know, and Dame's not Kareem. You know, Penny and Shaq, probably one of the youngest duos to ever get to the finals. Uh, these they don't have, these guys aren't that. So to me, Scoot someone who's going to need a few years. And you look at his G League numbers. He shot forty two percent, twenty seven on threes, three and a half turnovers per game. He had out of nineteen games, he had nine where he shot under forty percent. He had a defensive rating of one eighteen, and everyone's been talking about how great of a defensive player he is. There's not one player in the NBA right now going, "Oh my God, here comes Scoot at nineteen. No one. So the idea that this guy was billed to be this guaranteed megastar. Yet there wasn't a line of teams around Moda Center waiting to get in to negotiate to get him was stunning to me. And what turned out to happen, according to sources, was that people were making offers as if number three was like a throw-in. It was like, okay, we'll take number three and Sharp and Nurkic for that was just too much, too rich for their blood. So they ended up keeping the pick. Now, regardless of whether they got lowballed, regardless of what happened, it doesn't really matter. Because at the end of the day, whether Cronin was right or not, he did nothing for Damian. And the stated goal the entire time was, we're going to build around Damian. 
And that's how we got here. Because after the draft, Damien was pissed. He accepted that the trade deadline. They kept the pick last year. Got sharp. Fine. He accepted that. He said, he said at the end of the season, I don't want to play with any more teenagers. And what do they do? And not only, not only did they draft a 19-year-old. He made a list of their needs. The very last thing they needed was a six-foot-two 19-year-old. After the game, Damian, and I asked Cronin about this at the press conference. Damian, Cronin, and Billups all said, we need more length, we need more size, and we need veterans. And the key addition was someone who gives you no length, no size, and he's 19. To me, that was it. That, to me, that was it. You're, you're done. Trade Damian now. Just let's, let's get it over with. Instead, they were still trying to work, and he said, we, were, we planted some seeds for some trades. They still had Ant. They still had picks they could work with. Started free agency, nothing, and that was it. Because they're not going to do anything. They want Damian to come back and just play with two, two teenagers and just let it ride. And he's not willing to do that. That's how we got here. So, Aaron, you made a lot of good points there, and I agree with pretty much everything you said. It, it really does. Pretty be, much. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> they, gave him, they gave him every chance, like you said. And, and yes. I kind of imagine that at the very least, if they, if, it, you know, if they weren't going to trade Scoot, that they were going to maybe package the 23rd pick and whatever uh, uh, Ryan Rupert ended up going, something like that with a Simon's contract or something of that sort to maybe okay. get help in that way, even if it isn't a star-level player. I kind of imagine that he gave him every chance. And in that 100%. kind of direction, I wanted to ask you, do you think he could have been sold on something like that or getting sold on basically going to another team that isn't the Heat? Or do you think basically the way that they've handled it so far in the public, being like, oh, you know, we're not necessarily going to send them to the Heat, do you think that makes that type of opportunity uh, and that possibility slightly? And do you think that's something to drag out through training camp? Yeah, so I think the ship has sailed on making a significant move that's going to move the needle for Damian. Like, he had it in his head that they were going to trade that pick, you know? And so and that was their number one trade ship. And so he gave them a chance, and they didn't do anything on the first – like, to me, you, if you were going to do something, you had to move day one. You had to have something in place. With Ant. Here's another thing, too. They owe the Bulls a first-round pick, right? They could have given the Bulls a 23rd pick this year and then unlocked that whole situation. So then they had 24, 26, 28, and 30. Right? They didn't even do that. They did nothing in the way of showing Dane they were going to be aggressive to do something. So that ship has sailed. And he's and Damien's 100% right in all of this as far as I'm concerned. Now, he could have done a better job keeping his mouth shut, not going on podcasts, not talking, even if it wasn't just about Miami or whatever, like that didn't help the cause. Like he could have done a better job there. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. Now, as far as where he's gonna land, I, I've been told it's Miami or nothing. Like it's, I shouldn't say nothing. It's Miami or trouble. <laughs> if they try to put it, place him somewhere else, there's gonna be a problem. Now, things could change. Like the, the Nets could do something. Cause right now he went to the Nets. I mean, you're gonna have to give up at least Claxton. You're not gonna give up Bridges. Dame and, and, and Bridges, I mean, you're going to need something else. So can they? Smells they like a six seed. Well, they, yeah, I mean, they, but they got a bunch of picks for Durant, right? So can they go out and add and do something else creative to add something else? So now you, if you're starting with Dame and Bridges, that's a p- good place to start. If you can maybe get Nurkic there, because Dame and Nurkic will play together well wherever they go, and then add a third, you know, a third star, then who knows, right? Philadelphia, like I said, why would he not want to go play with Indeed? That doesn't make any sense to me, but, you know, 
apparently that's not high on his list. So who knows if something else can materialize, but his heart is set on Miami, period. And that's where he wants to be. And so in the NBA, you know, you, you can't, like, he, if the Blazers do wrong by him, just shut down the franchise. <laughs> they, I mean, well, think about this. The Blazers have had trouble getting marquee free agents, mm-hmm. right? They've had trouble convincing guys to be traded here and then re-signing. So I don't want Damian Lillard, one of the most beloved players in the league, right, leaving here pissed off, mm-hmm. salting the franchise, insulting management, and maybe having some influence on two guys who look up to him, like Scoop Henderson and Shaden Sharp. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being dramatic here. I don't know. No, I think you're right. I like it. But you know, <laughs> five years from now, if those guys are stars and they have options, right. why wouldn't they be like, man, look how they did Dane? Well, well, and, and, well so, and, and plus, and plus, right. you have to bank on them wanting to stay in this market anyway. Right. So, well, to, to that to that point, Aaron, like when when the Heat and Dwayne had their issues in 14, 15, 16 before he finally left, the Heat then had to go overpay players who weren't worth it just to prove that they were a players' organization again, and they're Miami. Uh, and that, that's a to- totally different situation than Portland. Right. We really appreciate your time. I want to close uh, with you with this, and then and then the three of us are going to wrap up the episode after that. But you said something that I, the only thing I guess I don't agree with. <gasps> no, no, one thing. I'm just thing. playing. I'm totally playing. No, no, but the one thing I don't agree with because I, I actually think I actually think you're not giving him enough. I, you've been on this side the whole time, but I actually think you don't think you're not giving him enough credit in this case. Because you said you think Dame could have handled it better. And my thing is, to me, this is the only way he could have handled it. Because for years and years and years, he has he has said, obviously, I'm not going to run from the grind. I'm not going to do this. I think he had to send those signals publicly so that Miami would come get him. And we've talked about it in our end, because Pat has said this repeatedly, like, we need a star to say Miami. Bradley Beal didn't say Miami. The only one who has said Miami, Durant didn't say Miami. The only Mitchell didn't say Miami. The only one who has said Miami since Jimmy Butler is now Dame and Jimmy's here largely as a result of that uh, because that scared away other teams. Okay. Because, and then Miami ended up getting him for even less than they were getting for before. And now Dame may end up here in part because of that. What do you, what would you have done differently? Just not so, go on the showtime show, I guess. Well, okay. So, so here's a problem. I think once he, dis- okay, you say publicly, he can't text Spolstra and, and like they can't, contact Spolstra and, and Riley and say we want to come there like they don't have to they don't have to do it publicly I don't I don't buy that number but two to scare off this to scare off the other teams to me the second part of it yeah I know they can yeah but you don't need to Bam, Bam can scare tell off. Eric and all that but I'm just saying but to scare to, off the others you don't need to publicly scare them off you, you can do that stuff privately that's one number two I'm talking about the window leading up to the draft mm. I'm t- talking about Oh, I think we just lost everyone. I think Jim Carter just cut his feed. <laughs> so we, oh, no. We apologize for that. I think we just lost Aaron. We, we were having a little trouble with the audio there, but the information was so good that we wanted to we wanted to let it roll there. But I think – ah, you're back. Okay. Where's, hold, hold, hold on, Aaron. Just go back to your thought because I think – I think muted. One. We, we lost a little of you. We lost a little of you there at the end. And, you're on and, mute. And turn your mic on because you're on mute. What was the last thing I said? Last thing I said. You were saying up to before the draft. Yeah. Basically. So before the draft, when they were trying to trade that pick, 
it hurt the team that he was out there even talking about anything, saying a conversation yeah. like on Stephen A. Smith. If we don't do something, the conversation must be had. Uh, reiterating that on the Showtime show, and then and then being asked where would you want to go, and him saying Miami, like those kind of things did not help the negotiations because then teams are calling, going, "Oh, they're smelling blood in the water. You got to make a deal to keep Dame because Dame has said if you don't make a deal, he's going to leave. So we're going to lowball you." That went on. That was a thing, right? So that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about now. After the draft, when they did nothing, to me, all bets are off at that point because I didn't think they were going to pull off anything anyway. So that's mm-hmm. so for me, it's just the timing of it all. At the okay. end of the day, I agree that once it was decided where he that it was over, then yeah, throw Miami out there all you want. I gotcha. Aaron Fetchers, we appreciate you taking the time, man. We'd say next time we're bringing you on to talk about Mario and, and why he can't seem to get the most out of a quarterback, uh, whether it was Herbert all the way to what oh, happened okay. last last yeah. year. Yeah. Bring me on about that. I got, I got, I got some information about Herbert that, that y'all would love to hear. That, that thing's overblown. Don't let like we could probably go five hours with you, Aaron, but just but listen, <laughs> don't let duck fans fool you on this. They were pissed when Mario left that you have no idea how much I went through. I predicted Mario, Mario would get Mario the day Mario signed the day Mario became the head coach. I predicted it. I seriously, I swear to God that day I tweeted, you better watch out. If the Ducks do well and the Canes stink, Miami is going to get Mario. And so, and everyone called me, dude, I was called all sorts of names and ridiculousness for four years. And then what happened? He left. And then after he left, then all of a sudden, Duck fans didn't like him. They're full of crap. Bring me on. We'll talk about it later. All right. We're going to bring you on six weeks. <laughs> maybe, maybe Greg and I will pop on that one as well. Aaron, we really appreciate it. Um, again, follow his work at the Oregonian. And I'm sure we'll probably have you on again here uh, if yeah. you'd be open. Thank you. Don't get this guy. Bye. Thank you, sir. All right, we're going to be right back. Uh, we do want to tell you about one more sponsor here. Friends over at You Break Wheel Fix. Check them out at YouBreakWheelFix.com. That's YouBreakWheelFix.com, your complete wheel solution, refinishing, repairs. We know the streets of South Florida can be unforgiving. Go into our friend Mark and all of his team. They show up at our watch parties. Again, huge Miami uh, sports fans as well, big Miami Heat fans. Uh, our guy, Mark Dela Cruz. they're based in Aventura, and they can get the nice colors for you going as well. They can do the polishing. They do everything for you there and get the heat colors for you also. Check them out at YouBreakWheelFix.com. That's YouBreakWheelFix.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. All right, we got about three minutes to close this thing out here. I do want to mention prize picks. Use that code five. We always say that better edge use five RSN, but we don't have to go into a whole lot of depth on that because I do want to close this episode. I thought Aaron was fantastic. We apologize for some of the audio issues, but we just wanted to kind of let him roll there. Um, 
I guess when you hear it that way, and the information that we've been getting today is pretty consistent with this, mm-hmm. Greg, this is leading to the conclusion I think that Heat fans are going to want, right? Like, I, I cannot see the Blazers being this stubborn. I mean, with the exception of a few national NBA guys who are who have Celtic sympathies and are just pissed off that he doesn't want to go to Boston, I, I don't... It's all noise. I, I don't see who could justify... There's no trade out there for them to bring in a player to help Dame enough to be a contender in the West. And there's no trade out there that is so much better than what the Heat can offer that there's justification for not just working out the best possible deal you can and then sending him – Not don't get cheated, but the best deal you can and then send him on his way, right? For sure. And I, I'll just say this. Like, um, they're in a situation where – He's going to Miami because we talk about the media all knows it or the fans all know it or uh, the front offices know it. You know who talks more than anybody? This is a player's league, and those players, that's a brotherhood. And Bam and Jimmy, they have been pushing for Dame. So I just I, – I think that this is too telegraphed at this point. They all know where his heart is, and those guys are going to look after a dude who wants to go where his heart is. And right now that's Miami, and that's what I think Heat fans want to hear. Alex, final thought? Well, to add to what you guys are saying, the other thing that's especially helping out the Heat is, unless I'm wrong here, not everything has to get leaked, like you said before, but it doesn't seem like the Nets are very much in this mm-hmm. game game because that would be the real competitor. That's the, uh, yep. the only other team that's really been mentioned from the people, from the reporters so that true. are more or less connected to him or his camp. So that part is big to me because they do have more draft capital that they can theoretically offer. And um, like Aaron mentioned there, I thought that was a really good point he mentioned uh, among many, you know, they have enough to, they could theoretically trade for Dame and then have enough other stuff in, in as far as draft capital and maybe contracts um, to go after somebody else to add to Dame, Bridges, Cam Johnson, because I was skeptical of like, why would the Nets go all in for that team? But it makes sense. It's like they, they would still have enough to go after help. Another piece. But, it doesn't seem like that's, you know, there hasn't been really a lot of noise. I mean, you guys obviously can attest to this way more, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of Nets noise. So everything is kind of pointing towards the heat right now, and it's just really about uh, figuring out a, a complex three- or four-team deal and how you get Portland everything they want without sacrificing everything that you want to keep, right? And I, I'm skeptical that the Blazers are going to drag this out through September over, you know, haggling over Caleb Martin, who's going to be 28 when the season starts and it's going to be 29 when you have to potentially pay him. So I just think like at the end of the day, the way to close it, um, the heat might play a little bit of hardball because of the, the Miami or bus market. But I, I think they're going to go all in and try to give up everything. They, you know, as far as young guys, I, I think they'll do it. If, the, if it ends up having to come to that point, they'll do it. I think you cannot miss on this move. And it feels very much even more so than last summer. Like it's all or nothing because others feelings may have been hurt along the way yeah others feelings have definitely been hurt this is about everybody's saving face at this stage and finishing a deal that's what this is about all the sides uh dame not uh feeling like he pissed people off on the way out the door although even he tweeted uh today saying what basically what did i do wrong because there were blazers fans defending him and saying that others are against him. by the way it only seems like about five percent of blazers fans they just yeah. have to be a loud minority loud. that's angry about this um, but he he basically came out. So that's sort of the next step now where he's even more public on Instagram, posting stories of people thanking him. 
And then on the other side, it's the heat court of saving face where they don't have to give up too much. So maybe there's one piece that they can keep. But the big thing is the Portland Trailblazers front office saving face because it looks like he gave them every opportunity. And look, as Aaron said in the draft, he basically said, don't do this. And they did absolutely everything he told them not to do. So I, he, I don't he said know, it so well. I don't know what the issue is. They got him totally different players than he said he needed. It doesn't mean Scoot's not going to be great. But I mean, you basically drafted his replacement, not his compliment. That doesn't make any sense. One final thing on the Nets thing, and great. And look, Alex, you make a great point on that. Um, the Nets thing is about Hero now. It's not about Dame. It's about Hero. It's it's not about Dame. And and also, and I put this on off the floor today. There is a very close ownership relationship between the Nets and the Heat. Okay, uh, Josiah, I always mispronounce Josiah and Mickey Harrison have a relationship from other business that they do. It's high level. Okay. Um, I, I think they'll figure out a way to get something done. And the other option is San Antonio and Pat Riley has very few close relationships among coaches in the NBA. One of them is Greg Popovich. Okay. Who has been openly supportive of the heat, even congratulated them, uh, for getting to the finals. So I believe between the Spurs and the Nets, uh, one of those two things will actually happen. And that's kind of where we're headed. And then We'll be discussing Dame Lillard in a Miami Heat uniform. I want to thank Aaron. Hope you stick through all that stuff because the information was was terrific. Uh, we'll be back as news breaks, playback, and all that good stuff. Have a good day. Have a good night, everybody. We're all on Dame time. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.